0: Let's start with prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you come to us through your word, through your sacraments, and you bring Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. You come to us in church, but you also come to us in our homes as we gather around your word and study it, and we ask that you would help us to be diligent in the use of of your words and, and the tools you have given us for that study. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. So, I, I meant to make an announcement and say, hey, uh, grab your hymnals out of the hymnal box and bring them to Bible study, but I figured that would scare everybody and they would be afraid that we were going to sing. So I guess maybe I didn't do that and that was a good thing because you're here without hymnals instead of being someplace else. Without hymnals, and I don't know. Um, so anyway, what I wanted to talk about was devotions at home, and I am going to uh, I am going to set the bar for you on this <clears throat> because, as a family, uh, we didn't do devotions at home. Uh, it was not something of our normal routine. Um, we did devotions sometimes in the uh, during the Advent season. We got out the Advent wreath and and did that. Uh, but our piety was more of you go to church on Sunday, uh, you pray with your kids. Um, and, you know, at bedtime you pray at mealtime. But in terms of the family coming together and actually having a small devotion, uh, it it wasn't. Uh, a part of our lives, really, which is sad to say. And I, and I wonder how much of a part it is of a lot of uh, Christians and, and Lutherans' lives. I think a lot of people pull their Bible out and they read it and their kids see them read it or something, but they don't do it together. So what I wanted to do was point out some things in the hymnal. Maybe you haven't looked all the way through it. Uh, maybe you looked at it back when we first got them. Uh, but point out some of the tools that are there that make it very, very easy to do this. Um, So how to easily start a pattern of home devotions. Why they're important, first off, we all know God's Word is a source of our strength and salvation, and Scripture allows us to battle temptation. Uh, Christ himself used Scripture when he was tempted by the devil. So that tells us that You know, it's good material for us to have at our fingertips. The reading of Scripture and prayer together brings families together to confess their sins to one another, forgive each other, and pray for others. Um, The idea of mom and dad sitting with their children and letting them know that their sins are forgiven, and you have that power to do that as a parent, to, you know, absolve your children of their sins. But even for children to look at each other and say, you know, yeah, I, I did you wrong on that one, um, and I'm sorry, and will you forgive me? Because, uh, you know, as a kid, I was kind of brutal to my sister, and uh, I'm sure other people are as well. Um, and it allows time to learn the catechism together. And uh, I think this is important, because I think a lot of kids grow up, and they get to seventh and eighth grade, and it's like, oh, I've got to memorize the catechism. Well, hopefully they know it by heart, before they get there. And that's what this can offer an opportunity to do as well is digest it in small pieces. So um, why not simply at church on Sunday? And from ancient times, the faith faith was taught within the home along with other skills. It's the faith of a father bringing his children to worship is the number one predictor of a child remaining in the faith. Um, this is a big problem with families that are divorced. Um, it's a big problem when dad just doesn't see a need and especially for sons because, well, if dad doesn't think it's important, why should I think it's important? And he's not going, I'm not going. So th- there's a real strong correlation there. Um, so given that it makes sense for the father to lead the devotions, uh, also, and, I mean, you know, mothers are influential too. There's no doubt about that. But data points to fathers. Um, tools. And here's we go. Lutheran service book. You own one, whether you know it or not. The one in the box with the number on it is yours. It doesn't need to stay there. We have plenty in, in the pews to use on Sunday, with the exception of maybe Christmas, Easter, and a few other uh, larger festivals. So take it home. It's yours. You own it. Um, And it's really a great tool. And that's what I'm going to point out here. Um, You know it has hymns. Did you know that it also contains these things? Psalms of praise. The psalms chosen for it uh, do not include the imprecatory or the curse psalms that were omitted. Uh, The ones calling God to defeat our enemies, you know. Uh, smash them on the rocks and everything else. So they're they're a little more uplifting, but uh, they are good starts to everything. Uh, It has all the dates of Easter through 2050. So if you're planning your vacation for 2047, you can look now and say, oh, Easter's going to be here. So we're going to go to the Bahamas. it's, it's, It's there to use. Yeah. And it also gives you the Calculation of how to figure it all out based on where the moon is. But in this weather, we can't see the moon. It's no excuse. Um, it also has an outline for the church year, feasts, and festivals. It gives the liturgical colors to be used for each. Um, and you can keep this in mind as you set a wedding date. Uh, maybe you think, gee, I'd really like to have white. And the pastor goes, ah, but we're in that time of the church year and it's always green. Well, you can go to the hymnal and go to the feast of saint, I don't know, and say, "Look, on the feast of saint, we should use white on Sunday." And then and you can leave it white through the rest of the week and my wedding's going to be on Saturday and we can change it on Saturday before Sunday. I'm just saying, it's a possibility. Um, but in case you didn't know, at a wedding, you don't get to go, "Oh, well, the bridesmaids' dresses are all red. Can't we put the red pyramids up? No. doesn't work that way. You use what's in the church here. So use the hymnal to your advantage. I'm not saying it will always work. Um, commemoration dates of saints. Uh, this makes for a fine list of people in Christian history that you might just want to look up. Um, It's not just saints, but it's also, uh, you know, just various people in the church. And it was pointed out to me at seminary, um, you know, the ELCA, they're all go equality and women and everything else. If you look at the ELCA hymnal versus ours, we have more women listed. (laughs) So um, just a small point. Um, It also contains. A complete lectionaries for the church year. We use Year of the Bible that Pastor Feeney's done. There's also the A, B, and C three-year lectionary the church uses. Um, these you'll hear uh, referred to if you're listening to something like Issues, etc., or something like that. So it has these three lectionaries that are used. It also has the one-year lecture, lectionary. Um, and then has all the readings for the Feast and Festivals. Uh, And it also has a glossary of the various terms used in worship. So it's only two pages, but, you know, if you want to know what something is, it's listed there. Um, For family devotions, and this, you know, we always see that in there is divine service, one, two, three, four, five, and vespers and matins and all these other things. And if you like matins... Stay for the uh, late service, because we're going to do matins at the late service. So we'll have preschool kids there, and they know part of that. Um, But on page 295 through 298, there are single-page devotions that you can use for morning, noon, early evening, and the close of the day. And any of these could be completed with a small reading in 10 minutes. Um, It offers... Uh, a curié, you know, Lord have mercy. It, they offer um, a morning prayer, an evening prayer, afternoon prayer, things like this that you could do quickly at the dinner table or even right before bed um, with your kids. And it's all right there. You don't have to go invent anything. And I think that might be what stops some people. It's like, how do I do this? What rubric will I use? Well, there it is. You know, you have an opening prayer, you have a Kyrie. Um, I didn't bring my hymnal. Um, it, it lists readings you could use, so you don't have to even think about, you know, what should I use? I don't have to go look at a lectionary or a ear of the Bible. I can just use one of these here. Um, so, it's real quick and easy. The, uh, there are also prayers you can use. Page 305 to 318, prayers and intercessions and thanksgivings. Um, These are sometimes what you'll hear in church. They're very similar to the intercessory prayers we use as the prayer of the church. As a matter of fact, a couple of them this morning came right out of there. So for people who are sick, for children, for our government, for whatever, there are prayers there you can use as a family. Uh, Just read down and find what you are looking for. Um, All three creeds are there and they are also in the very back, and also in the very back of the hymnal, and I was talking to confirmation kids about this last week and week before, um, is what? Like the fourth page from the back? Emergency baptism. I mean, you, you all have the ability to baptize in, in, in the case of an emergency. And the... Uh, scenario i gave them was hey you're at walmart and some woman goes into precipitous labor they didn't know what that was um but uh you know she has a baby and maybe it's very small and she wants it baptized i said you can do that in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit and you do that and you report it to the church so they can be included in the church roles um so that's there Um, And I guess I might also point out, and you probably know this, emergency baptism does not mean you baptize your grandchild whose parents don't take them to church. Um, That would be doing something in secret, and we don't do things in secret. We do them in open, in the public square, so to speak, in the church. So that's a no-no. Let's see. And there's a myriad of indexes to hymns. You can look up hymns by the tune, the first line. What is that hymn? I know that, okay, I know where it lives. There's the hymn number, there it is. Um, authors, translators, composers, tunes, metrical. That's where it says like, you know, eight, eight, 12. I, that's just kind of how the thing flows, like the metrics of a, of a, of a poem or something alphabetical, even a list of foreign language ones and more. Um, The point, along with the Bible, you have at your disposal a great wealth of information to begin family time of devotion. Um, The short orders for family devotion I mentioned are in there, prayers, hymns, the catechism. It's all there. You don't need to make anything up. You don't need to do anything spectacular and different. Um, It's all been put there for you. So take your hymnal home and use it with your family. Um, To the point of the catechism, Um, everybody's probably got a Luther small catechism at home. If not, it's in the hymnal. Um, How do you divide that up to try and teach it to your kids? You know, it's like, it can be kind of daunting. Don't go away. Good. A couple years ago um, I had a class and I put together and I said put together the material was there I just kind of rearranged it um, but I, I took the small catechism and did this and I did a thing called praying together Luther's small catechism a um, little introduction about what Martin Luther thought about that and the need for it, but I kind of rearranged it a little bit, forgive me, Um, but I started with section two, daily prayers, so that you could open it simply in the morning uh, and, you know, say a prayer and then ask a blessing, meal prayers and how it is in the catechism, returning thanks, uh, and then an evening prayer. But when it comes to the catechism, what I did was divide it up into 18 chunks, if you will. So it can be repeated three times throughout the year, roughly. And what you would do is each week, take just that section right there, for instance, section one, Ten Commandments. Um, You shall have no other gods. What does this mean? We should fear, love, and trust God above all things. Well, maybe your preschool kid... Only learns you shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord, your God. And he learns you shall sanctify the holy day or remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Maybe that's all they learn. But as they get older, they'll start remembering more and they'll start remembering the meanings. And, you know, you can expect one thing of one kid, another thing of another kid, much like a one-room schoolhouse used to be. Um, You go to the next week and it's the fourth, fifth, sixth, Seventh Commandments, they're all pretty short. And then on through, uh, each week by week. Um, So just basically taking a page each week. Um, It it just seemed logical to me to break it up into smaller, more manageable bites than seeing the whole thing. Um, So I made this to be printed in a booklet form. and if anybody's interested, I can print some and put them out there. But it just kind of made sense to me uh, in my studies, you know, to help people uh, divide it up in such a way. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe I'd open it up for comments or questions from you that do devotions, you know, with your families. What what do you find helps? What works? What makes it difficult? I'm I can come up with excuses. We all can. Well, everybody's off at ball practice or, you know, dad's out of town or, you know, that was our big thing. My father traveled a lot. He just wasn't home quite frequently and it didn't allow for a rhythm. Uh, What's my excuse? Gee whiz. Um, You know, it's just not where you place the important thing um, with your family. So I guess I just want to encourage you in that. So anybody want to offer any any thoughts on what works for them if you're doing something like this similar or tried it and what your pitfall was? or You're all experts. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, okay. Well, that, I mean... That's really just what I wanted to point out, is that the tools are there, um, and there's nothing to be in- invented. There's no fear of, I'm going to do it wrong, uh, because it's all right there in your hymnal. Just take it out of the box, and put it under your arm, and take it home, and then open it up. And, and uh, I, I imagine all of you pray with your children in the evening grandchildren, whatever, I know, you know, it's, it's what you do. Well, maybe just extend that a little bit, you know, and say, hey, in, instead of just, you know, when you get upstairs and have your prayer, we're going to sit down for a second and we're going to read this or, you know, say this and add just to that a little bit. And maybe instead of just jumping in the whole way, add a piece and add a, another piece maybe next week. Um, maybe this week you do it tonight and maybe Wednesday night's good but slowly start incorporating this into your daily routine in some way, um, whether it's just earnestly getting that mealtime prayer in or maybe, I don't know, maybe it's a prayer in the morning. You know, me, I get up and I'm, I can be out the door in 20 minutes, you know, if nobody's in my way. And it's, it's hard to just sit down and, and take that minute to do that. Uh, my comment was to, to my professor, and I, and I really struggle with this because I'm like, what is what does your piety look like? What what, what do you do? And, and I'm like, I just wasn't raised that way. And I said, the piety was more, go to church, and you're just continually praying. You're driving in your car, and you're thinking about something, and you pray about it, you know, whether it's somebody who's sick or somebody who's having trouble. And we still do that, but... There's a value of doing this together as a family where you teach your kids how to pray. You teach them the words God uses in the Psalms when, you know, we repeat his words back to him. The highest praise we can give God is to repeat what he's told us about himself um, and give praise to him in that way. So, that, as they say, is that. Question? Question? Yes. Portals of Prayer. Mm-hmm. So to that together. The law says you must do both. Um, (laughs) And the rest of us are condemned because we, you know, um, no, (laughs) no, I, you know, I think if you have something that's working and in your devotional life, that's great, you know, especially I'll say this if it's Lutheran material, um, because there's a lot of wacky stuff out there on you know, how to feel God in your heart, you know, and don't grab the Joe Osteen book off the shelf of the grocery store and go, I got my devotional. So, yeah, John. Uh, I use a, a, on book some, okay. Uh, Which is the book. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I'm not saying this is the only way to do it. I'm saying if you don't have something, this is an easy way to start. Because you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Pauline. Sure. Mhm. So I got a copy of that and I can use that for devotion, which is really great. Yeah. But uh, like I said, it's harder I think, when, when you have kids all in the house and your grandkids love the house curvy and you know, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's it's a rhythm thing. And and this is I think if you talk to people who don't <laughs> go to church regularly, you know, every Sunday or every other, or you know, it, it it's a rhythm to your week, whether it's you know sunday is is the marking of the end of the week where you come in and you're like you know and you're forgiven your sins you know i said in the sermon don't be afraid and then you go out refreshed into the world you know ready to share christ you know where you can and be a witness and with your sins forgiven Um, so it's, you know, it's this beginning and this restoration as you start a new week and it's also an end and a fill up and a, you know, to the end of your week. So when you get into that rhythm, um, especially as you get older and, you know, you're near retirement or you're much older, it it really does become this mark that sets your days. You know, oh, well, today's Monday because yesterday was Sunday and I went to church and, Otherwise, you know, you'll find people that are someplace and they don't go to church and they don't know what day of the week it is because they have nothing in their week that marks time. It's just another day. I get up, I have breakfast, I do whatever I do. So, uh, the, you know, the church really marks the time through the week, the time through the year, uh, and that's what it does. Uh, so, Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. And so very often, uh, I shouldn't say this in his place, but I think I feel like we were a little bit neglectful on family family devotions because we knew our kids had had a lot during Mm -hmm. the day. And so a lot of times our dinner conversations were, what were your devotions about? And so then we just kept feeding off of all of that. But one thing that our daughter found out when she went away to college and she was trying to have um, different conversations with some of her roommates... Um, in particular one really good friend who was Catholic, she would say Allison, well you remember about Abraham and he, you know and Katie said I can't hardly share because a lot of people don't even know any of the Bible stories and so how important do you also think it is for our children to know the Bible stories, Mm -hmm. lessons when they're young and then more of the application of it as they continue
0: to get older. Is that in this thing? It, it certainly could be. Um, you, you can use which, whatever readings you want. And with small children, maybe, you know, you sort of follow the church year and do the readings of the Bible stories that are there. I even had some of the high school kids, you know, tell me a couple of years ago, we like hearing the Bible stories again because they see things in them now they didn't see before. Yeah. You know, I mean, the story of Abraham and Isaac. I'm sorry, until you have a kid, you really don't. It's very hard to grasp the impact of that giving your only son, taking your only child and be willing to sacrifice them. Um, so there are some, you know, things just take on newer and fresh meanings as you go through. So, yeah, certainly that's good. Um, yeah, and, and to, more and more today we are dealing with a population that is not de-churched it's unchurched where, you know, your, your children's classmates, they've never, their shadows never crossed the threshold of a church. Um, And pastor will say, you'll, uh, I have an experience, but he said, you'll experience this at weddings because people walk into a sanctuary and they have no idea what that means. And it's just, you know, and they're just talking like they're waiting for, um, any other event to happen, you know, whether it's someone to come out and give a speech or, you know, a concert or whatever. It's just, just constant chatter, um, and they don't realize, you know, no, you come in and you be quiet, and it's a reverential place. And I think he's had to actually come out at some weddings and go, hey, do you realize where you are, and would you please keep it down, you know, type of thing. Um, and I've heard other pastors, you know, say that as well. So they, they aren't familiar with uh, the uh, sacredness of Scripture and of, you know, holy places, churches. Um, what else do I say about that? I don't know. Something else flew through my head and back out my other ear. So, um, But, yeah, the, to, to the catechism thing, you know, the small pieces, the small bites as you go um, with kids, and, you know, just learning the Ten Commandments, learning the creed, it would freak your pastor out if kids got to seventh grade confirmation and they had it memorized. You know, small catechism. It was just like, what? <laughs> you know, where'd that come from? Because um, you don't expect it. And if you don't do it then, and as you get older, it gets more difficult and more difficult. And, and when they get to confirmation, now it's this burden that's put on them. Whereas, and, and one professor told me, you, you never tell them you have to uh, memorize this or, uh, what's the other term? But he said, you want to you learn it by heart. You just want to learn it by heart and just have it in you. Um, so, And I think that if you start with kids at a young age and just give them small bites and then here's a little more and here's a little more, same way you feed them everything else. So, anybody else? Thoughts? Comments? Suggestions? It's not the only way to do it. It's just a way. I say, if you got something you're using, great. If you don't have something, it's right there. And it's simple and it's easy to bring into your family life and, and use. So, uh, that's that. I guess we'll close with a prayer and go on our way. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we give thanks for your Word, and we ask that you would give that to us in ways and and help us to give that to our children and pass this on to them so that their study of your Word would increase, especially as they get older and the, the things of this world just pull at them in all directions, that they would always find time to open their Bibles, to open their hymnals, to to give you thanks and give you praise and bring their intercessions and their prayers before you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.